The Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today podcast is brought to you in part by Beck Dental Care, Columbia Academy, Jones and Lang Sporting Goods, Covenant Technology, By Design Cabinetry, and Mid Tennessee Bone and Joint. Mid Tennessee Bone and Joint treats your orthopedic injuries and existing conditions. Our trained physicians will get you back in the game faster. Contact them today at 931 381 2663 or visit mtbj.net. What day is it? It's hump day. Hump day? That's right. It is Wednesday on the week of the Blue Cross Bowl State Championships, and this is your home for all the Blue Cross Bowl knowledge. You're not going to find any better coverage anywhere else in the Mid-State specifically than right here on Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today. I'm Chris Yao. I am joined, as always, by Maurice Patton and J.P. Plant. We are here with you live this morning from the TriStar Sports Radio headquarters in Columbia, Tennessee. Right here inside the front door where the the front porch sits just outside the window and looks so nice outside. It just looks beautiful until you go out there. <laughs> yeah. Did, how did you... This is a classic looks can be deceiving type situation right here because it, it looks fantastic. Like, did you look outside before you went outside this morning, Mo? Oh, yeah. Did you see your car windshield all iced over? Well, I knew it would be because the first thing I did before I even got out of the bed was I checked the temp <laughs> and it said 19 degrees and it's like, do I really want to do this? I think I'm feeling sick today. And what did you what did you tell yourself? Oh, I told myself no, I don't really want to do this, but I feel an obligation. So you know, sometimes it's bigger than you. Sometimes, sometimes we got a great show for you lined up today. We've got a lot of high school um, recaps, wrestling hoops from last night. We've got CPA head coach and former. Florida punter, Furman quarterback, punter, and NFL quarterback, Engel Martin. He'll be on the show in about 10 minutes. Yeah, we're going to talk to him about that NFL quarterbacks reunion that they're having <laughs> Thursday up at Cookville. <laughs> it's just a, it's a whole reunion. You know, it's, it's really sad, though, that uh, that my man Jeff Rutledge won't be there because he could tell them about all the years he spent holding kicks. For the Giants. For the Giants and won a Super Bowl or two. Yeah. Hey, <laughs> hey you can't beat that. You got a ring for holding kicks. I'm in. Sign me up. <laughs> I, come on. There's not many better jobs in the National Football League than that. Well, sure. <laughs> I mean. And, and, until and, you drop the ball. <laughs> well, unless you're Trevor Simeon, who's on the Titans practice squad and never practices. Probably does nothing. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they zoom him into meetings. He's and, just at and, the house. Yeah, chilling. he's just chilling. Chilling. How you at the how you on the practice squad, but you don't practice? We talk about practice. <laughs> the one thing you're supposed to do, you don't get to do. That's kind of sad. There's, but in in this day and age, there's value in it. Just as the Broncos, <laughs> right? Oh man. Um, also on the show, we will talk about what um, 
some coaches said in the uh, TWSAA press conference uh, earlier this week. And we'll have Chris Leon from VandySports.com because it seems like a lot to talk about Vandy all week. But you know what? It's kind of a big deal. And (laughs) it wouldn't be a big deal except for what you read yesterday. And I probably wouldn't care if I didn't think that Will Healy had some interest in this job. So the fact that he does makes this still topical for us, and we are going to find out what Chris Lee knows. It makes it topical, and it should make it quick. <laughs> right. This, we shouldn't have to talk about this much longer. We should be announcing a head coach in the next few days. Don't you think if if that happens, what you just talked about, this makes sense, they get it done, what type of sign does that or message does that send from the administration to everybody else that, okay, this time it's different, right? Would this not signify that? I would think so. If if they did it quick and if that was the guy, so yeah, you can't just you can't just hire you know some rando real quick (laughs) and be like, all right, it's different this time. Well, I mean, but if it's Will Healy, then yeah, it's absolutely different. Well, he's certainly not a rando. Exactly. And we will talk about all of that with Chris Lee in the next hour. Of course, it's Wild and Wacky Wednesday, and we will get you the wildest and wackiest news from across the world. Real quick, before we get into anything else, Mo, you were out and about last night, and you saw some wrestling or wrestling. Which no, I saw it? I saw wrestling. Gotcha. Res- I didn't know you. I didn't understand. I didn't know which one we were going to go with, but uh, no. So wrestling, wrestling, Greco-Roman style, folk style, but yeah, sure. I mean wrestling is you know the three ropes and turnbuckles and right chains and powder. No, that's what I was hoping for. No, I, I'll cover that. <laughs> well, they can probably get you a script of that too. So <laughs> it's a lot easier to cover when you know who wins beforehand. Exactly. <laughs> well, I got a story about that. I'll tell you off air. Um, no, went up to Franklin uh, along with Spring Hill and Summit as they both took on the host admirals and each other. Um, first match for all three teams this season, and at times it kind of looked like it. Uh, Spring Hill in particular has been in um, in quarantine. They only had two practices prior to hitting the mat yesterday, and um, Bomas was... I don't know, realistic about the situation. I mean, they lost to Franklin 75 to 6. They lost to Summit 64 to 18. And two of those Summit wins, let's see, one was a forfeit, one was an injury default, which we've got a picture of the move that leads up to that on the website at sm tnsports.com. Um, but um, tough losses for them, but they had a bunch of kids that he said weren't, all, weren't on weight yet. And just said we were out of shape. We we are not in shape. We didn't get to condition. Can't because, imagine why. Yeah, I mean <laughs> we we were we were quarantined, and you know, kind of expecting the kids to keep up with that in the midst of quarantine probably isn't very realistic, especially when Thanksgiving is mixed in there. So, um, <laughs> you know, and you have to also realize that just in terms of wrestling. Spring Hill is behind both Franklin and Summit. Uh, both those are ex- established programs. This is Spring Hill's fourth year 
as a wrestling program. So they're still building. But, um, you know, for me, anytime I get close to a wrestling match, it's a, a mat, it's a good thing. So that was fun to see. Um, so Mo and wrestling is like me and softball. That's like our, our, our odd sport that we love to cover. So, yeah, I like it. Yeah. So, um, it was good stuff and hopefully they'll, they will be able to continue because we are hearing some rumbling, rumbling, rumbling. Yeah. And some disappointing rumbling that, um, that's you know, one we, way to put it. Disappointing. Yeah, that, just, that there may be a infuriating a, for some, <laughs> There may be a um, TWSWA mandated shutdown coming for sports soon after the Blue Cross Bowl. And I'm hearing it from enough different directions that I feel comfortable saying that I'm hearing it. And um, we will check more on that over the weekend while we're in Cookville and and see if we can get anybody that, you know, is in a decision-making position to – talk about that kind of thing so stay tuned as far as that goes but um you know again we had some wrestling last night and interesting not necessarily in our coverage area but in williamson county there is a certain 285 pounder wrestling for franklin that some football fans might be interested in fisher anderson who is going to be one of the top offensive line prospects in the 2022 recruiting class played basketball last year is wrestling this year and um yeah he's one of his two pins from last night one took 25 seconds the other one took 27 we've got the longer one posted on the website in its entirety because it didn't take that long (laughs) right so um Um, 4.5 gpa too for that kid uh, yeah i spoke to his dad for a little bit he um he takes his academics pretty seriously he's looking at you know carolina duke about to say so folks like that you get a lineman with a 4.5 that's you special something yeah hey if vanderbilt hires will healy there maybe he's looking at vanderbilt <laughs> i'm just saying i'm not saying i'm just saying he just followed us on twitter last night too so thanks to yeah, uh, fisher oh fisher dude yeah look at us oh cool we're cool. Oh, we're, we're cool we're cooler than the other side of the pillow uh, all the cool kids are here that's true yeah all 713 of them hey gotta, 16 gotta start somewhere Anyway, that's a, you know, I'm glad wrestling is happening again. I've said this a couple of times that, you know, middle school has been able to get through the majority of their season without much issue. Okay. We keep hearing that kids aren't getting COVID from school. So if we shut down sports before trying everything, but that's a problem. Well, I mean, you know, Clearly, it's an indoor sport. I get that. And and I get the logic that it's easier to catch, easier to spread indoors and outdoors. It's harder to manage indoors and outdoors. I get all that. But I think there was a pretty good methodology to getting through the football season and through the fall sports season. We played volleyball indoors. Yeah, I mean, step away. If you've got issues, come back when your issues are cleared up and and move on. Don't let people in the building. If it comes to that. That's that's an easy way to get around it. It's just don't let people in the building. So let let the kids play. Let the kids play. The kids play. Let the parents and grandparents watch at the house and 
listen to us if you want results. Listen to the live broadcast if it's Summit or Columbia Central. Every most schools have the NFHS now. I mean, or at least a Facebook some type of streaming. <laughs> I mean, capability. Perry County puts it on Facebook and and Twitter, and you know they just have a camera sitting there, but you can watch it. And there's no reason that that can't be good enough. And I think Franklin did that last night for their basketball game. They had Brentwood at the they same time. They had it for time. wrestling. Yeah. The the Franklin, the wrestling was on an FHS last night. Oh, yeah. I, so, I mean, you didn't even have to go. You could have just called it. <laughs> yeah. That's what I told, I, that's what I told, uh, I told Pernell Knox, the CA athletics director the other night. I said, I, I almost just watched this on TV and, uh, and called you coach afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> so if I didn't have to have pictures, that's where I'd have been. No, seriously, though, screenshots. I mean, but everybody, <laughs> that's what everybody's doing now. There's no reason that 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 kids shouldn't be able to play. So hey, we'll who see. are we and what do we know? What do we know? Hashtag. We're not Tito Blessedazars, though we would like to be. Sure would. Might might be a new hashtag. Tito Blessedazars. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I like that. Oh yeah, I, I like it too. And we are pretty. Uh, pretty well in tune with with what a lot of these coaches are wanting anyway now i don't know about the rest of the world but i feel like we know what the coaches want and yeah. the kids so again we've got results of all three of those matches summit beat franklin 43 34 um beat spring hill 64 18 and again franklin beat spring hill six uh 75 6 got those results some pictures a video all up on the website at sm-tnsports.com if you want to see more of that and if you want to catch at fisher a and his quick pin it's uh it's on there it is all right when we come back we're going to talk to engel martin um head football coach at christ presbyterian up there on old hickory boulevard i pass it every single morning could have just stopped in and did the interview live there. I guess you pass it every single night as well? Uh, sometimes. Okay, not every night. Sometimes I don't go that way. I got you. But it's the fastest way in the morning. So, yeah, we'll talk to Engel on the other side of the break. This is Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. Hey, folks. While we take a quick break from the show, I want to tell you about our friends over at Custom Stone Handlers in downtown Columbia. Ned Rich and his team at Custom Stone Handlers believe in leadership. And outside of the military, our greatest leader-building platform is sports. Custom Stone Handlers proudly encourages young people to get in the game. You can contact them today at 931-490-4990 or visit customstonehandlers.com. Are you finally ready to turn your outdated kitchen into a dream kitchen, but you don't want to deal with the hassle of a remodel? Call our friends Lynn and Kathy over at By Design Cabinetry in Spring Hill. They have the latest trends and timeless classic looks for your home. By Design Cabinetry is your solution to indoor and outdoor cabinets. Visit them at bydesigncabinetry.com or call 615-241-1195. That's right, the road to Cookville ends this weekend. Thursday, Friday, Saturday, all weekend long at Tucker Stadium on the campus of Tennessee Tech University. The Golden Eagles, yeah. Really excited about, of course, the 
Blue Cross Bowl Championship games being out there on Friday morning. We'll be coming to you live from Tucker Stadium. That will be a lot of fun. Also at Tucker Stadium this week will be apparently an NFL quarterback reunion. So we'll get to talk about that here in just a few minutes as we are joined today by CPA head football coach Ingle Martin. And coach, welcome in. Appreciate you joining us. Yeah, thanks for having me. Absolutely. You know, I I don't know that you know this, but uh, <laughs> I've never been a big fan of yours, Coach. <laughs> and I got to get right. I got to get this out of the way <laughs> right now. Just go ahead and get it out there, Coach. You made me cry in 2005 as I was standing in the stands of Paul Snow Stadium, and the officials decided to put one second back on the clock. <laughs> and you decided to throw a touchdown pass and break my heart to beat Jacksonville well, State. Well, at least the right call was made. It was, <laughs> it was the right call. I, in the, even in the stands, I was saying, ah, oh, the clock didn't run out. <laughs> I knew that I knew there was a second going back on the clock, and I was heartbroken because I knew that you were about to do what you did. <laughs> and it, it was it was a struggle to watch it play out as I said in my mind, oh, he's about to throw this touchdown pass. And I knew – I can't remember the name of the receiver, but I knew he he was the guy who was going to catch it, number seven. I can't remember who yeah. it was. but Justin, Justin Stepp, he's actually yes. the receiver coach at Arkansas now. That's awesome. Yeah. I. Yeah. Anyway, you broke my heart. There's, there's something I, about time being put back on clocks in college football games at that Al- breaks in hearts. Alabama that breaks hearts. Yeah. That, there's no question. <laughs> anyway, so now I, I've I've I have now rid we can myself, get on with the rest of this I have, conversation. I have rid myself of that, and I'm no longer going to hold any grudges against you, Coach Martin. Thank you for joining us on the show. We appreciate it. Yeah, for sure. Thanks. Thanks so much for for having me. Glad we could clear the air. <laughs> me too. Oh, Coach Martin, um, whose Lions will take the field in the early game. Yeah, they're the first game Thursday. The Lidlifter against Lipscomb Academy and Coach. You've made a lot of trips to Cookville over your coaching career. Very rarely have you gone in as the underdog. But coming off of that um, 20-14 loss back on October 23rd to these same Mustangs, I would guess there are some that would put you in that position this time around. Is it is it a little different going in as the hunted rather than the hunter? Well, I think Gary Rankin would probably argue with uh, – us being the favorite the, our first three times because uh, I think we were we were clearly the underdog and I think um, you know ECS last year uh, hadn't been beaten so I don't I don't think for us uh, we hadn't put too much stock in it you know we uh, we used to make a living off of Mo picking against us every week in the paper oh because uh, Mo picked against you every week in the paper he, yeah, Mo, yeah Mo did pick I, I'd send I'd send Most uh, I'd send Mr. Patton text messages thanking him for his picks and um, he'd send thank you but, notes he never sent any checks but he sent thank uh, you notes yeah you know. that's that's right <laughs> no I, you know I 
I, uh, you know, there's, there's a, there's a part that, um, you know, championship games, man, it's just, there's, there's no telling what you're going to get. And so for our kids, it's, uh, it's always about what we're going to do, um, how we're going to play, what kind of effort are we going to have? And, uh, and really it boils down to, to the team that, uh, really is closer to who they really are, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, and so, you know, uh, playing against, you know, like I said, Coach Rankin and Alcoa, uh, three years in a row, um, you knew what you were going to get. And um, two out of three, they were themselves, and they got us out of what we did to get there. Um, and, you know, the one year that we beat them, we were able to be ourselves and could not get us out of what we were doing. And so uh, that's really what uh, I think championship games are. Uh, really all, all football games ultimately come down to that. And so, um, you know, for us, that's our that's been our focus uh, for the last couple of weeks preparing for this game. And our kids are excited, and, and I think I think we're thankful that it's the eleven o'clock game. I don't know if, if we could wait till till three or seven o'clock to play tomorrow. And watching somebody else is tough to do. You know, when you're when you're getting ready and you're like, all right, let's go, let's go. Having to watch one or two other games is it, it can be a little distracting. So. Yeah, yeah, good. it's it, well, it's just the anticipation. You know, the kids right. are all excited, and um, you know, driving up and you're you're watching, you know, Davidson Academy last year, and mm -hmm. trying to think the other games that we've watched in, in our time. Uh, you know, for a while when we were in three A playing Alcoa, you know, South Pittsburgh would be there or Huntingdon or whoever, and you know, watching them getting to celebrate and the whole deal is, you know, it's a it's really a fun weekend. Um, you know, a couple of us were talking about how cool it was when it was at Vanderbilt and everyone would go and you cook a, a big pot of chili and you'd sit in the parking lot and go eat your chili and then go back in for the next game. And, uh, you know, I, I don't know uh, if, if the Cookville people, you know, if that's, if that's really important to them as far as, you know, having that be a community event, but man, I grew up right down the street from Vanderbilt stadium and have such great memories of going and watching all three games and, being out there bundled up in your in your winter clothes, uh, so it's just a it's just a great weekend for for high school football and high school sports in Tennessee. Did you know he was the last team to beat Alcoa? I didn't realize that till today. He's the last team to beat Alcoa before their latest run. I did not realize that, but it does not surprise me. <laughs> Interesting. Anyway, yeah. Um, Engel, is it is it more comfortable the preparation for this game? The fact that you have actually seen. Lipscomb Academy on the field as opposed to getting ready for a team that you have only seen on film? Yeah, you, you know, when, when we were in going back to, to 3A, when we, when we played Alcoa those three years, you'd only see them on film. Uh, I don't know that there was one game where Alcoa played a team in the regular season that we played. Um, and so you'd be wondering, all right, that kid, you know, they had a running back the first year. Is that okay? How how big is he? How, man, he looks really big. He looks really good. You know, the second year they had a defense alignment. How you know how? What does he look like? The third year that their whole defense was studs, and it's like okay, are they? And and uh, obviously having played against people and seen them in person, uh, you definitely have a better comfort level than just watching them on film. You know, uh, back in the the good old days before huddle and video swapping on the internet, um, you know, a lot of teams would send people to to scout and. Uh, that that's kind of died off or at least, you know, we've never done it at CPA. And so 
um, you know, to, to get some of that sometimes helps. And, you know, obviously all of our coaches and kids have the best report they can have, which is we played a full game against them. So uh, it'll be it'll be fun. We're excited. That said, you have been on the field with them, stood across the, uh, the field from them, that kind of thing. What is your feel for the, for that team going in here? Uh, for, for Lipscomb, um, yeah, I think, you know, they've got a lot of great players, you know. Um, you know, Coach Coach Dilfer and, and his staff, they've, you know, in college football you call it flipping the roster, and, uh, and they flip the roster. Um, uh, you know, they've got a linebacker who's from Colorado. They've got a cornerback who moved in from Michigan. The kicker's from California. Uh, and I don't know that, that Tennessee has seen anything like that, um, you know, since I've been here. You know, people – People would move from, uh, you know, Antioch or whatever, you know, um, but, but, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's a, it's a different, it's a different deal. But the bottom line is, is that, um, you know, their, their kids out there, uh, do a great job. They play hard. Um, you know, they're, they're pouring a lot of resources into, to that program. And, um, you know, uh, the bottom line is, is that I think you, um, you figure out what you can do with your team to be successful. And uh, they've done a great job of figuring out what they need to do to be successful. And, um, you know, uh, we've been really blessed here with great coaches and, you know, great players. And, uh, you know, I think our guys have done a really good job here of, of being successful with, with the kids we have. And so um, it doesn't matter if they're from East Tennessee or, or, or New Mexico, um, you know, we're, we're, we're excited to play in that game and, it will be a uh, it will be a fun atmosphere, and uh, you know that's a that's a great again a great weekend of of high school sports um, and amateur athletics um, for the state of Tennessee. You know we're we're talking with Engel Martin here, the coach of the CPA Lions, on um our coach's corner, which is presented each each Wednesday by From the Heart Cafe and Restaurant out in Chapel Hill. Stop in there and. Get you a great burger and check out a book. Um, it's out there on Henry Horton Highway, right off of Highway 99, heading into Chapel Hill. So um, check that out. Glad to have them as a sponsor on the show. And again, Coach Martin with CPA. Engel, as we look at your schedule, particularly the postseason um, in this age of COVID, um, You've played one game in the past four weeks, basically, between having your quarterfinal against Chattanooga Christian um, postponed because they were not available for COVID. You played your state semifinal game on the 20th. Um, The Division II bracket has an open week before the championship game. How concerned are you with the stops and starts here in the postseason? Well, I think, uh, like you said, in the COVID era, it's not anything new. You know, we had to pause in the middle of the season. Um, you know, we had a, uh, a bunch of kids get quarantined and uh, missed our Brentwood High game, had to move uh, the first scheduled Lipscomb game. And, you know, we, we played Ravenwood with our kids practicing one day. Um, and so, uh, you know, it's just different. And I think uh, – being able to adapt and um, being able to give yourself grace as a, as a coach and as a planner, you know, I, I send out a calendar in April 
um, <laughs> that that's got literally every day scheduled out until December. Um, what time we're practicing the whole deal. And I never sent one this year, a calendar, you know, everyone said a calendar is might as well use it as toilet paper because you couldn't find <laughs> right. any. So, so, uh, <laughs> you know, it's just been different. And, uh, you know, the, the, I think our posture, um, at CPA is just a, just a stance of gratitude, man. I mean, watching the kids lose the state basketball tournament, watching, uh, you know, our baseball coach, coach Nesbitt, who, you know, pour so much into those kids and only get two games. And he loved his team and didn't get to get, didn't get to spend any time with them, you know, a couple weeks. And so, uh, gosh, we were just thankful in June to be able to get back working out and then July to be able to practice with a football and then August to be able to put pads on and, um, shoot, we lost our first game and we're thankful to pick up Riverdale. And then we lost another one and thankful to pick up Bartlett. And so it's just been, uh, I think a, a really cool um, moment for all of us to kind of look and put our focus outside of ourselves and just start understanding that, you know, we're not, we're not on this earth very long. And so uh, if you can have something in your life that makes you pause and reflect on how grateful you are to be alive and for us to be a part of the community we're a part of. And, um, you know, I was just talking about it with one of uh, the guys that helps us out. Um, and, uh, you know, just this idea that um, when when kids come together um, in high school sports, you get a you get a glimpse of what the what the kingdom of God's supposed to be like. And so for us, like that's the that's the beautiful part is when these kids uh, are selfless, when they do understand that it's about something bigger than myself. When um, you know, when when I am willing to give up all of my selfish desires for what's best for the team like that gives these kids a glimpse and so that's what we're thankful for um it's a it's a true honor to be able to be in these kids lives and um you know i I talked to some people earlier this year like uh kids need this kid kids need Mm -hmm. a coach to 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 correct them when they're late to practice or when they forget a jersey they have to run or you know when 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 you do something wrong like kids are going to screw up. We all are. And it's such a formative time in their lives that to be able to fail and succeed and, and have people encourage them and correct them um, is, is so huge. And so that's, and we're just thankful that to have had a full season of doing that. And so you ask, are we worried about playing, you know, two games and play? I don't, we don't care, man. We're, we're just excited to be, to be playing and to be practicing. Absolutely. Oh, coach real quick before we let you go. Um, just, it's got to be. It's it's a unique situation here in Tennessee, especially on Thursday, as there will be three former NFL quarterbacks in Cookville at one time. How how crazy is that? And is it four? Four. You've got four. three yeah, on the you're, field. Three on the you're, field. Uh, right. You're you're going to make Kelly Holcomb really mad leaving him out of that. <laughs> <laughs> Kelly Holcomb, former MTSU will be on the sideline. Will be will be on the on the broadcast with Chip Walters. That's right. Yeah. That's right. So, in addition and, to Trent Engel and Jonathan Quinn at Davidson Academy in that um, D2A championship game that follows CPA and Lipscomb. That's so wild. It's it's pretty crazy. It really is. Well, and, and you know, and then we've got uh, Leroy Harris, who's who's one of the, the great guys that played in the NFL, played um, with the Titans. He and I were actually teammates, and in a couple's Bible study uh my second year he coaches our offensive line and so 
you know, there's, there's a lot of guys. And I think that's one of the cool things about, you know, as a kid growing up without the Titans and then being an adolescent when the Titans got here, like how much the Titans have added to our community just as far as football goes and having guys like Leroy Harris decide to stick around and live in Nashville. And then, you know, all these other guys, uh, you know, were attracted to Nashville because of, you know, probably their dealings with people that played for the Titans. And so, uh, you know, just Nashville is such a great place to, to be a part of. And uh, Middle Tennessee is, is a great place to be from. Absolutely. Engel Martin, head football coach of the CPA Lions. His team will take on Lipscomb Academy Tomorrow, tomorrow, tomorrow morning at 11 a.m. You can see the game on my TV 30 and we are excited about watching it ourselves, finding somewhere right after our show to take it in. So coach, a lot of purple. Joining. Yeah. A lot of purple. There will be plenty of purple in the stand, especially at Tennessee tech where it, they're no already doubt. purple. Yeah, <laughs> so exactly. It's going to be crazy, but thanks so much coach for joining us. We appreciate it. Yes, sir. Thank y'all for having me. And, uh, and Mo, I don't know who you picked, but I, but I hope you I hope you picked against us. <laughs> oh man, that's, you got you got to put that out today. That, it'll be out before kickoff tomorrow. Yeah, um, <laughs> and and you'll just have to wait and see, Engel. Oh man, <laughs> hey, good luck to y'all. Yeah, thank you, Mo. Y'all All right, that's Engel Martin, head football coach at CPA. Brought to you on Coach's Corner by From the Heart Reads and Eats, mm-hmm. and. They're located at 4384 Nashville Highway, Suite 200 in Chapel Hill. That's uh, at the basically at the intersection of Highway 99. If you're coming from Columbia, turn right. It's right there on your right. You can't miss it. Some Be of the, sure and turn right. Some of the best burgers in the area. I'm telling you, really good stuff. Not, not just burgers. I mean, I had the French dip. Mm-hmm. It was really good. Just I've not great, had anything bad there. Great folks. That's right. Their desserts are Top-notch. Big time. You know, one thing I want to get to before we get off of this particular interview, you know, Engel talked about, you know, having ex-Titans on his coaching staff and that kind of thing. And people will ask me from time to time what the impact has been of having the Tennessee Titans in town. And I don't know how you necessarily quantify it, but there has definitely been an increase in – you know, the competitive level and, and the performative level, I guess, of of high school football in Middle Tennessee and in Tennessee as a whole over the last, you know, 20 or 25 years. I don't know if that's a direct result of the Titans. I don't know if that's part of the population boom that we've been through, and I don't know how, again, you quantify it. Well, but, I, think, I think the but, Titans had a lot to do with that population boom. Well, that could very well and be. that's I mean that's just part of it so it's really cool it's a very fascinating thing to look at you know over the the big view of it from the time they got here and everything else that has gone on in this area since and you know how how it is impacting Friday night you know Friday night lights basically I mean you're, you're seeing as he said, just the Lipscomb Academy situation. You've got kids coming in here from from all over the place. They've they've built an indoor facility over there that um, you know, is is second to none at the high school level. And yep. just you know the 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 importance that's being placed on high school football in a lot of places is um, it's fun to see if you're a high school football fan. Absolutely. 
All right, we're going to take a quick break, and when we return, we're going to hear from Fayetteville head coach Kenny Morrison as he was on the um, the TWSAA press conference virtual on, press virtual conference. press conference on Monday. Yeah, and we will hear what he had to say about his team as they prepare to play at 3 p.m. on Friday, just prior to the Summit Spartans game. So we'll get to that and more on the other side of this break. This is Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. When we're out covering sports in and around Murray County, communication between Maurice and I is absolutely vital to our success. When your business needs top-notch communication and local service, Covenant Technology is there and they are dedicated to helping your business succeed by ensuring open lines of communication to your clients and customers. Contact them today at 615-846-9898 or visit covenanttechnology.net. If you've listened to this show, you know Chris and I are always down for a good meal. Recently, we learned about Patio West in Spring Hill and what a pleasure it has been. Their menu is full of seafood, burgers, and more, giving every member of your family something to enjoy. Be sure to go by Patio West Coastal and Comfort Eats located at 3011 Longford Drive in Spring Hill or visit patiowest.com and tell them the guys at Southern Middle Tennessee Sports sent you. Welcome back into Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. Chris Yamo, Patton, J.P. Plant with you here. And... We are coming to you live from Columbia, Tennessee. TriStar Sports Radio headquarters just inside the front porch on Front Porch Radio. Got a lot to talk about and including the Class 1A Blue Cross Bowl as the Fayetteville Tigers and South Pittsburgh Pirates will take the field on Friday. Again, that game is at 3 p.m., and if you are so inclined, you can hear Heath Jackson, Craig McGeehee call it, or you can watch it on my TV 30. Or you could do both. Or you could you do could both. You could play JP's game. Play the, play the game. Play the game. Yeah. Um, I don't have the patience for that. I, I, feel, I feel like JP has a good plan. Wait right for kickoff, and then boom, when you know the ball is going to be kicked. Because even if you miss it by a, a half a second either way, you're close. You're still you're, good enough. Yeah, you're, you're going to be fine. The, yeah, yeah. So, anyway, I thought that was pretty cool. Good idea. Good idea. Um, so, Fayetteville, who is 12 and 2 on the season? 12 and 2, 12 and, and two. actually got all 14 of their games in. Yes. They did. Uh, I don't know if they were all scheduled. All originally scheduled. They <laughs> played 14 games on the field, though. They, they did. They played 10 They played ten games. Uh, this is a team that um, they lost to Marion County to open the year. Then they played Zion Christian, and Zion had them on the ropes in the first half. On the first half. And then from there, it was all Tigers. And then, of course, uh, they beat Huntland and Mount Pleasant. Mount Pleasant was – had a lot of kids out that game uh, and, and was right in it until that interception at the end of the first half. That, But you know what, though? As you look at these scores, they beat Mount Pleasant 56-20. But 
you know, they beat Whitwell 46-8. They beat mm-hmm. Sale Creek 42-6. They beat Holler Rock Brewston in the opening round of the playoffs, 37 to nothing. So, I mean, they've been hanging big numbers on a lot of folks. Sure. Um, Huntland and Moore County, really, the, the two close – oh, and Cornersville, the, two, the, the closest games that they had. And then, of course, they lost to Gordonsville 21-14. Mm-hmm. That is the only team that played both schools. So, uh, obviously, South Pittsburgh defeated Gordonsville. Yeah. Uh, fairly handily, as a matter of fact. But Coach Kenny Morrison was on the TWS Lloyd press conference, and let's hear what he had to say in his opening remarks and uh, talk about that when we get a chance to listen. Tremendous for us in our community. First time out uh, to make it to the Blue Cross Bowl. This is phenomenal for our community. Uh, school only opened in 2013, so we hadn't been in existence long in uh in 1A football, we're just we're excited to be here, tickled to death uh, in our second year as a staff here uh, to make it to this game. Uh, also, right here beside me, I've got Jalen Williams, our number 58, who is our right tackle. Offensively, also uh, fills in some defensively for us. Done a great job, great senior leadership out of this young man. Um, he bought in from the beginning, and uh, last year when we came in and bought what we were selling, and this, this senior class has done a great job for us. He's been a great leader with them. So, you know, he talks about how, again, like we talked about with the, the young schools in Williamson County, this school, very young. And for them to be in a state championship game at this point in the, the lifetime of the school is pretty impressive. Yeah, and, and you know, I, I don't think – and full disclosure, I'm a little biased here, but I don't think the guy who established this football program once they decided to play at the high school level um, gets enough credit. Um, Alvin Palmer, yeah. who was a longtime defensive coordinator down at Lincoln County, he was the D.C. on that 1990 state championship team that Kelly Holcomb played quarterback on actually, (laughs) but um, left there, went to Franklin as defensive coordinator for a while, was head coach at Franklin for a while, was head coach at Page, uh, went back to Fayetteville after some time down at Hazel Green down in Alabama and has been great everywhere he's been. One of the best men I've ever met. Um. So he goes to Fayetteville, starts that program. They go six and seven their first year. So Make the playoffs and go to the third round. They go to the third round of the playoffs their That's first wild. year. You know, they turn around and go two and eight the second year, but back to back nine and threes, a six and five. His his last season was one and nine, and I've still not gotten a real good feel for what happened there, but um he he stepped down. Kenny Morrison comes in. From well, he a, was playing in the toughest region in Class One A. There, there is that. Um, Morrison comes in. Got a long background down in Alabama. They go four and six officially last year with some yeah, issues. Went ten and zero. Yeah, on the field. Yeah, and then do what they've done this year and get to the state championship game for the first time in the program's two, four, six, eight year history. So, but um, I just feel like. The groundwork was laid by Coach P, and hopefully somebody down there is recognizing that. 
But I mean, I, still, I mean, you can't take anything away from the job that Coach Morrison and his staff have done uh, guiding this team to to a state championship game. Absolutely not. They are doing a fantastic job. And, you know, we talk about, like I just said, they play in the toughest region in Class 1A. That has to prepare them for what is lay, lying ahead in South Pittsburgh, a program that has long been herald, heralded as one of the best small school programs in the state. No doubt. It is uh, what I've what I've seen. It's very very tough. I know these other guys play in some tough regions, but it it seems like week in and week out, it's uh, it is a battle to get there, uh, to get through our region play. And we had five region games in a row. It was like murderous row right there, trying to stay healthy with a very physical region uh, that's going to bring their best every time you line up. So uh, we hope that amount of physicality has. Uh, has helped us to get to this point. Uh, it's helped prepare our young men for a tough road. Uh, we know what South Pitt's going to bring to the table and what a phenomenal football team they've got. Uh, so we just we hope we're prepared from uh, the teams we've played, and our region definitely uh, stands out throughout the state. As far as regions go, we've long talked about Class 1A Region 5 as being one of the toughest across the state. And South Pittsburgh does not exactly play in Murderer's Row over there with Lookout Valley, Sale Creek, Copper Basin, Whitwell. Matter of fact, they um, they won their region games. Um, 55-6, 76-0, and 84-8. And Copper Basin was a forfeit win. Um, yeah, so... <laughs> <laughs> you know, and I, d- I did a little research. Uh-oh. Hold uh, on. Because Moster Thomas needs – he looked in the crystal ball by research. That's what he means. Yeah. Um, over the last four years, Region 5 won a two years – well, in the 17-18 classification period, they had seven teams in that region. All seven of them made a playoff appearance at some point during that two years. They've had six teams the last two years. All six of them have been to the playoffs. So, I mean, you're you're talking about some parity, and and once they got there, they've done damage. Those seven teams over the four years went twenty two and fifteen in the playoffs. So, um, six of the seven won at least one game. Uh, Richland being the only one to come up empty in its only appearance last year. So, I mean, Fayetteville's, they lost um, their previous playoff appearance back in 2017, but obviously they're 4-0 this year. Um, Moore County's won three playoff games. Um, Huntland has won four playoff games. Cornersville obviously making those back-to-back state championship game runs. In seventeen and eighteen, they are nine and four in the playoffs. So, you know, when those coaches talk about how tough Region Five One A is, there is definitely some some evidence that that is accurate. Oh, no doubt. Um, Fayetteville used to go east in uh, in the playoffs. They were in Region Four, and they're. Their three previous meetings with South Pittsburgh were in the quarterfinals that first year, mm-hmm. uh, the second round the next two years in 13, 15, and 16. They're over and three against the Pirates to this point. And not a whole lot of shame in that. <laughs> no, no. Again, this is a team. I mean, you're talking about South Pittsburgh who's won 
a number of state titles. They have been to a state championship in every decade. In every decade since the state playoff system came about in 69. They won in 69. They won in 94, 99, 07, and 2010. That was uh, their last state championship. It was also their last state finals appearance. I'm not sure. In 2010? Wow. 2013. I'm not really – we'll have to figure out 2013. I'm not sure how – what that is. But that was their last state championship appearance that we I believe was in 2011 when – is actually Vic Grider's last season in his last run there. <laughs> yeah. And they lost to Wayne County 27-14. So, um, yeah. Wayne County was coached at that time by current Rockville coach Rick Rice. Yeah. And I'm sure one of his sons was a quarterback. Because <laughs> he's had three. All of them play quarterback. Yeah. Speaking of Wayne County, we need to make a phone call. Just to let you know. Okay. Um, and – so this is gonna be a this is gonna be a good football game. Fayetteville's very good. They have a a very good offense. South Pittsburgh's giving up six point three points a game. So hmm. it's a game we're definitely going. We'll be we'll be covering this game. I mean we'll we'll you'll we'll have we'll, we'll have everything that we need uh, on, on SM T and Sports com as well. So make sure looking to, forward to it. I'm you, not. You've seen Fayetteville I've seen this them year. twice. I've not. I'm looking forward to it. It's gonna be good. Yeah. All right, that's going to do it for the first hour of Southern Middle Tennessee Sports today. When we come back, we will talk about high school hoops and get you ready to go for the rest of the week in high school sports action. This is Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. You're listening to 101.7. WKOM Columbia. The Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today podcast is brought to you in part by The Rock Place, Custom Stone Handlers, Covenant Technology, By Design Cabinetry, and Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint has been the official sports medicine provider for Murray County Schools for more than 40 years, specializing in orthopedic injuries. Their OrthoQuick walk-in service lets you bypass the ER. Visit them online at mtbj.net. Welcome back into Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint. We are awaiting Friday. We're not counting down. <laughs> we are awaiting Friday as the Summit Spartans and... God, who are they playing? They're playing the Oak Ridge Wildcats. Oak Ridge Wildcats, yes. I thought maybe you just couldn't remember the nickname. You couldn't remember the nickname. I couldn't remember who they were playing. I had no idea. I was lost. Information overload? I guess. And you can hear that game right here on WKOM 101.7 FM. And you can hear some familiar voices, potentially, as we will attempt to do something we've not done all year long, so we won't say it will work, but we will attempt it <laughs> as we will be on the sidelines, uh, Mo and myself, talking a little bit about what uh, the atmosphere is like on the sidelines and potentially any um, in-game updates we can give you from that portion of our seat 
basically. Best seats in the house. Except, we don't have to except make except we won't be sitting. Yeah, well, we won't have to make an 86 step challenge either. Hello. So there's that. There is that. Yeah. Ah, should be an experience. It will be a lot of fun. Yeah. I'm telling you this is going to be one of the biggest high school football games that I've ever covered and I've covered some big ones. What? I mean, I've covered Spain Park Hoover, I've covered uh uh, covered Hoover and and Hewitt Trustful at the Hoover Met when there were about twelve thousand people there, and of course that uh, I don't remember where Tim Tebow played, but I was at Hoover uh, High School for that one too. Somewhere in Pensacola, yeah, oh, yeah. I was yeah. there for in, in Hoover for that one too. So, so why is this one one of the biggest one? What makes it bigger than normal for you? I think it won the stakes. I mean, the Hoover, the Hoover-Spain Park game that I covered was probably the biggest at the time because it was a semifinal matchup to see which team from Hoover City Schools was going to go to the state championship in Spain Park won. And it was the first time they had beaten Hoover to that point. Um, but this one, I think the stakes are the highest. And even even last year, bigger than last year, because this is a, a chance that some, I feel like Summit is, an, is better equipped to take in the moment instead of letting the moment take them over. And so I, I think it's just a really big game. I mean, it, it's so big for Summit in general with the youth of their program, again, having several kids coming back for next year. It, it's just, it's big. I misspoke. Tebow played at Nice High School. Nice. Yeah. I knew it was an N, but yeah, I couldn't remember I, if it was I, Navarre or not. No, it was Nice in Ponte Vedra. Gotcha. Which is near Jacksonville. Yeah, he was a homeschool kid, so he just played wherever would take him. I don't like that. <laughs> well. That's a it's another story for another day. Yeah, we have a lot of uh, football coverage. We'll have more tomorrow as we will hear from some other coaches. I think we'll get. Creasy's comments from his press conference yesterday. We will have, um, well, actually. We should have some Ron Crawford comments as well. And uh, Joe Gaddis. We'll have his comments as from well. From Oak Ridge. From Oak Ridge, yes. Who plays Summit. And then on Friday, we will have plenty of, it will be Blue Cross Bowl overload on Friday. Well, since we're going to be on the premises, we might as well. It's going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be cold. It's going to be a lot and of fun. And potentially rainy. <laughs> yeah. 50% chance is not a good chance. That being or, so, or it is a good chance. Yeah, it's 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 not good because it's such a good chance. Right. So, yeah, and uh, unfortunately, that because of us making our way to Cookville, we will not be at any basketball games. On Thursday night. The rest of the week. But we were at plenty of, well, I was at a game last night. We have plenty of coverage on sm-tnsports.com. Tons of coverage, as a matter of fact. Um, I was at the Independence Ravenwood contest as Indy and Ravenwood took part in their District 11 AAA opener. I was planning to go to Spring Hills District 11 AAA opener against Dixon County, unfortunately, the Lady Raiders are unable to play due to some COVID issues. 
and, you, and they will be unable to play until December 15th, according to Murray County Public Schools Athletic Director Chris Pointer. There you go. So so they are in quarantine. And, and we, district games are, are not – they're not going to play one team and play another team. They're, they're going to play the district games on the Yeah, I line. would think they're going to play doubleheaders there. So already they were scheduled to play Summit on Friday night. Obviously that game has been postponed because – can't imagine why. Yeah, well, Summit folks may have something else to do on Friday night. I'm not sure. but um, Same for Fayetteville. As a matter of fact, their Kalioka game on Friday has been. We we were aware of that. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So, but yeah, yeah, Fayetteville will not be traveling to Kalioka on Friday night. That's a non-district game, though. Right. We just just want to let you know. Yeah. <laughs> it is on the schedule for Fayetteville. Don't, don't, go. don't and, go. And Kalioka. Don't, don't go. go. Don't go. <laughs> But yeah, you know, I went to the I went to that triple uh, eleven AAA opener last night. Girls' game was well. There was a game. Uh, Ravenwood was a fifty four to nineteen winner. They scored the game's first nineteen points. Uh, it, it was just it was a game. That's a tough night. Yeah, not a great night for Independence. As you know, they. They're just struggling again with with pressure, not being able to handle the ball, and that's that's credit to losing Jalen Banks. You know, I th- this team is completely different with Jalen Banks. Well, and and they continue to be without their head coach, um, Brian, Brian Glazner. Glazner. Um, athletics director Mary Beth White has stepped into the breach there with his. Um, I mean, Indef- like, indefinite absence, it, as we know. It's not like it she's be. incapable. Oh no, no, <laughs> I mean, not, not been, at all. She um, took a team to the state she's at Antioch. Been to the mountaintop, yeah. But I tell you what, I saw that Antioch team. They had some jets. Janice Davis ain't walking through that door out in Thompson Station. No, but, I mean, I, I just I think this team because of some of the players they have who would be able to play different positions mm-hmm. and maybe p- more positions they are more suited for, like uh, Leah Oubre, who is really a shooter. She's not a point guard, but she's having to play point guard. Mm-hmm. That's a struggle for them. Um, so, unfortunately, they're just, they, they haven't gelled as a team yet because, again, they're missing their best player from last year. Right. So, I don't expect Independence will be winning a lot of basketball games this year, unfortunately. Uh, on the girls' side. On the boys' side, however, great basketball game. Really good basketball game. It, matter of fact, it was one of those games where, you know, outside of two turnovers late for Independence, it was a really clean basketball game. Now, those two turnovers turned out to be the difference in the game, but, you know, Ravenwood was very good from the free throw line. They went 12 to 16 in the fourth quarter. Yeah. You know, to win basketball games, you have to be good from the free throw line at this level. And Ravenwood was really good. I mean, as as good as you could ask, 75%. And Doug Kyle did not seem terribly happy after those two late turnovers. He really wasn't. And what was so unfortunate was that it was River Katina who turned the ball over, guy who had scored – 15 points in the first half or 13 points in the first half. He only ended up with 15 overall because he didn't 
I'm not sure what happened in the second half. He just wasn't he, – he didn't come out playing as well as he did up until the final horn of the first half when he hit a buzzer beater to put his team up 39-37 going into the break. But, yeah, Doug Kyle said, we don't value the basketball. <laughs> it's early in the year, but it's very frustrating. He also – you know, he mentioned, you know, that they got some kids coming out of football and still don't understand their style of play yet what he wants them to do. he Because he wants to sub in five and five out. He wants to run, 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 run. We are up and down the floor. We're going to play tempo. We're going to do our thing. We're going to shoot the basketball as many times as we possibly can, and we're going to try to score 75 points a night. And what you have to understand with those football guys is they've not had any time with the basketball team because they didn't get to do anything over the summer. Right. A lot of times your football guys will at least get in the mix some over the summer. They didn't have that. So they are even more behind than they would typically be, which will be worth watching for Summit when they get their football guys as well. Yeah, I think you're going to see a lot of teams struggle early with even Fayetteville, you know, when they get their football guys back. It's going to be a struggle for a little bit because, you know, I, I will say this. When I watched Independence play the first time, they missed a lot of layups. Mm -hmm. And the reason was – just no touch, right? You're you're going full speed in that in that tempo offense that he wants to run, and you don't understand the touch necessary to score within that five foot circle. Right. So last night they were able to do that really well. They, I mean, really well. Mm -hmm. They did not miss at the at the basket, which is something that they will have to continue to do in order to be good. Now. That being said, they made – I don't know that they even took a shot from 18 to 5 feet. <laughs> three-pointers and layups, It was huh? layups and three-pointers. And go. that's And that's how they want to play. I mean, they want to shoot the basketball. Jet Montgomery is a freshman that we're going to be talking about for a minute. I mean, this kid is fantastic. Had had six points, two three-pointers, but, whew, man, really good. Tyus Anderson had a good night. Matter of fact – all of his points came in the second half. Uh, he had 17, and I think 12 of them came from the line. <laughs> he had a three-pointer and a and a layup. And late in the game, Independence is down by five, and Kyle subs in um, Ty Lockwood for Tyus Anderson. And, <laughs> and Tyus walked off the floor, and you could just see on his face, like, I'm so confused what what did I do? <laughs> like I've, I've made all my free throws. I've made a three pointer. I've kept us in the game. What, what's going on? And I don't, I, I, I don't know exactly what led to that decision other than there were only about 18 seconds left and it was a five point game and whatever, I guess, I guess he wanted uh, Lockwood in for defense probably just to be a big body and underneath. He is that. Cause he, cause the, he was trying to sub in quick guys and, Defensive for, and, and 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 some big defense. So mm -hmm. it, it was it was. I'm sure there was a, a reason behind it. But poor Tyus, he just looked so confused. He's <laughs> like, "What did I do? I don't think he did anything wrong, Tyus. I think it was just a, a strategic move for defense." Eighty four seventy eight. That final as Raven as Ravenwood defeated host Independence in boys action. You mentioned Fayetteville and their football basketball situation. They fell to one in five last night with a 64-38 loss to visiting Columbia Academy. So um, 
definitely a difference in having their guys and not having their guys. Um, no one scored more than 10 points for Fayetteville in that loss. Meanwhile, Tanner Ham again with a game-high 17 points coming off of his big night on Monday against Athens Bible School. Um, 17 points, four threes all in the first half. Um, Andre McClellan adds eight, Drew Butt with nine for the Bulldogs. So, um, big win for them. The Lady Bulldogs fell 47-46 at Fayetteville despite 16 points from from Carly Quillen, 13 from Maddie Lewis. Um, Zanaria Robinson scored 22 to lead Fayetteville in the one-point home court victory. Yeah, uh, for Columbia Academy's um, boys team, big night on the boards for Collins Malone, who had nine. So there's that. Griffin Cooper had eight, the freshman. So Yeah, they're excited about him. 45 rebounds. 45 rebounds in a basketball game is a lot. 45 rebounds will 16 beat, offensively. 45 rebounds and 16 offensively will beat a lot of people. That's right. And and it beat Fayetteville last night. Just happened to get those stats in my email as we were talking about it, so I thought I'd throw those out there. Timing is everything. <laughs> Isn't it? Uh, also last night in uh, I guess in Class in class A action, Richland and Cornersville took to the court. Richland's boys, a 56-24 winner over Cornersville, Big night for Stevie Ballinger, who had 16. Of course, Trey Luna had 11, and Daniel Nicholson also had 11. Um, Logan Helton had a couple of three balls for the Raiders. And in girls' action, surprise, surprise, Jesse Jennings had 18 points. Uh, <laughs> Richland gets the 50-40 to 40 win over Cornersville in that one, and including a, you know, big, big, big night for um, – for Richland in that first quarter, they get up 20 to 9 and they held on. So, okay. Columbia Central girls improved to 5 and 0 with a 46-39 win over visiting Forest. Um Josie Parks with 18 points, Janai Riley with 11 in the Lady Lions victory. Uh Summertown girls take on visiting Tullahoma and win 58-52. Haley Jones with a big night, 20 points, three threes. For the Lady Eagles in that one. Also, Kalioka girls with a big 55-9 win over Agathos Classical. Uh, Macy McKinnon with 16 points. Brianna Dixon and Alex Skinner with 10 each for the winners. And Rockville girls came to Summit. They won 51-49. We mentioned earlier Nolansville's boys 64, Summit 49. Summit got it within... Seven or eight points, but they didn't make a field goal after that. Of course, they're still waiting on a lot of their players. And then finally, Mount uh, Mount Pleasant's girls fell to Wayne County, 57-18. Uh, Kylie Bradley had six points, and Bailey Gray had seven to lead Mount Pleasant. And the Mount Pleasant boys, big 56-39 to win uh, behind 24 points of Kentray Frierson and Tip Marlowe's 13 so, big win for the Tigers. Four threes for Ken Trey in that victory. Hey, knock them down. Dialing it up from long distance. <laughs> Nobody does that anymore. There we go. <laughs> what, long distance? <laughs> yeah. yeah. We don't have to worry about there, that. There's no long distance. Yeah. All right. Well, 
that's our basketball wrap up from last night. Uh, let's see. Do we have a schedule? I guess a, we have a tentative schedule. Yeah, I guess um, nothing tonight. So we get to actually go home and stay warm. But tomorrow night, Columbia Central goes to Ensworth for a doubleheader, and Columbia Academy takes on Division Two A District Three rival Providence Christian at the Anderson Fieldhouse. Then on Friday. As you mentioned, Fayetteville and Kalioka are not playing, but Columbia Academy goes to Webb Bell Buckle. Holler Rock Brewston visits Hampshire. Page and Independence will play in Thompson Station in 11 AAA action. Richland goes to Wayne County. Santa Fe visits Cornersville. And Shelbyville goes to Summertown. That's right. And on Saturday, Mount Pleasant Boys will host Summertown. So that'll be, is that not happening? No, flip flop that. I'm sorry. Yeah, Mount Pleasant is at Summertown. I'm sorry, on Saturday. So that may be a game to get to. Be a lot of fun. There is some action tonight on the mats. On the mats. Independence goes to Father Ryan. And then tomorrow night, Ravenwood goes to Independence. Spring Hill goes to Cascade, where they will take on both the hosts and Watertown. And then Indy, Spring Hill, and Summit will all be in action over the weekend. That's correct. And all of that is on the website, sm-tnsports.com. Be sure and check that out. If, if you, you didn't wanna. write it down. <laughs> we might have been talking a little fast, but um, but that's okay. You can even print it out you can. if you'd like. So it's all there. It is. All right, when we come back, we're going to talk more Vandy sports as Chris Lee of vandysports.com will join us. And I'm excited to talk about it. I know – JP will be excited to ask the question. That some questions he is dying to know the answers to. Well, Chris Lee should have the answers. He should. All right. When we come back on Southern Middle Tennessee Sports today, it is Chris Lee of VandySports.com. Stay tuned. Hey, folks. While we take a quick break from the show, I want to tell you about our friends over at Custom Stone Handlers in downtown Columbia. Ned Rich and his team at Custom Stone Handlers believe in leadership. And outside of the military, our greatest leader-building platform is sports. Custom Stone Handlers proudly encourages young people to get in the game. You can contact them today at 931-490-4990 or visit customstonehandlers.com. Are you finally ready to turn your outdated kitchen into a dream kitchen, but you don't want to deal with the hassle of a remodel? Call our friends Lynn and Kathy over at By Design Cabinetry in Spring Hill. They have the latest trends and timeless classic looks for your home. By Design Cabinetry is your solution to indoor and outdoor cabinets. Visit them at bydesigncabinetry.com or call 615-241-1195. This guy. Might as well let it play. <laughs> Is if this it, not what we're talking about? If it was Alabama and Auburn, I could sing it. But I don't know Vandy's fight song. Do you know Vandy's fight song? You... Oh, I'm sure he does. Dynamite. 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 Vandy starts to fight. <laughs> dynamite. Hey. Because this program dynamite. needs to be blown up and, <laughs> wow. and started over. Wow. 
Oh, Chris Lee may say otherwise, sir. Uh, I don't know. Uh, clearly not because they are. They're blowing it up and well, they're starting it over. And you know what? That's exactly what they need to do. And, and matter of fact, they should start building some stuff because that might help. I'm just saying. Okay. Anyway, right. we're here with <laughs> we're here on Southern Middle Tennessee Sports today, presented by Mid Tennessee Bone and Joint, and Chris Lee from VandySports.com is joining us. I bet you he would say the same. If Chris, start is, that, building is, some things. is that the best use of dynamite on the Vanderbilt campus? <laughs> Blowing some I don't stuff think up. I heard the pretext here, so well, uh, fill me in. No, Chris. Chris Yao was saying that dynamite is fitting because they need to blow some stuff up on West End. <laughs> that is well played, sir. <laughs> That's what they did, is it not? Did they not just blow everything up and say, "Hey, if we start building some stuff, maybe that that would be a good thing." Yeah, uh, you know, buzz is that's what's coming, but but we've heard this before, right? So we'll see. Chris Lee with Vanderbilt, uh, VandySports.com joining us to give us some insight into the process that is ongoing as it was announced Sunday afternoon and has been discussed on these airwaves each of the last two days. Derek Mason's tenure as football coach has come to an end. Um, and one, as much as the performance has dictated this move, there's a part of you, Chris, I would think that had, that hates to see this just because Derek's a good dude. Yeah, he is. And Mo, you know, this, the, the hardest part about the job is separating, um, criticisms from what you think about a guy is Derek a perfect guy no he's not but I've always said I go by what people tell me privately because you know this people lie all the time on the record (laughs) and the the consistent thing about Derek from start to finish I tweeted this earlier in the week was that just about everybody I've ever talked with really liked him um Felt like he cared about the kids. Was Derek a perfect leader? No. Derek had some deficiencies uh, in, in terms of just being organized and things like that. But I, I think Derek's got a really good heart. Uh, sometimes I think that that's really rare in coaching at this level. Um, you know, and, and I think that deserves to be recognized, right? We can say the record is what it was and all those things, and we know that. But And people also say this. This always bothers me a little bit. Well, a guy got paid X amount of money. So I don't feel that sorry for him. Um, Derek made a lot of money off the school, uh, but there's also an element of personal dignity and integrity uh, that I don't think I don't care how much or how little you make. That's important to recognize. And I always felt like Derek, none of us are perfect, but I always felt Derek was a pretty good dude, and I wish him the best. Yeah, yeah. I I, I feel that's exactly a, a, a great synopsis of the situation. Um what prompted us to to bring you on, Chris, in particular, is we, the three of us, Chris, JP, and I were at lunch yesterday, and I was scrolling through Twitter, as I tend to do, whether I'm by myself or with people. Uh, it's, it's kind of a weakness. But anyway, came across Joe Rexroad of the Athletics article on Will Healy, and clearly there is an interest in this job on Will Healy's part, the head coach at Charlotte who revived that Austin P program a few years back that I would never have anticipated. And 
in reading that article, my reaction was, if Will Healy wants this job, then why are we screwing around? You know, this job, Vanderbilt has done everything it can do uh, <laughs> to basically ruin the attractiveness of this job. But it's, like <laughs> the, it's like the How to Lose a Guy in 100 Days movie. Um, <laughs> sometimes there's still something there in spite of everything. And here's the facts, guys. They're in the best conference in the country. They are in one of the best cities in the country. They are one of the best schools in the country. And, and oh, by the way, um, the pressure to win at a place like Vanderbilt is not just bananas off the charts like it is at pretty much every other SEC school. Now, think about this. That's a pretty dang good combination. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that, that makes for quality of life if you have families and kids and those sorts of things. And so you, you know me enough where I, I will tell you how I see it, whether it's a popular opinion or not. And, and the fact is, for best I can tell, this is going to sound crazy, it's a pretty attractive job. That does um, sound crazy. It, it, it does, but I think I think it's also the facts. I mean, there's some coaches that, that would not want it, of course, and for all the right reasons, but they also kind of got lucky too, okay, because Will Healy's a guy that grew up a Vanable fan. He's got ties here. He has ties to boosters. So I think that job has an appeal to his chart strings. Clark Lee, same thing, except Clark took it a step further and he played here. So he really knows what that's like. And I think a lot of people are on the Clark Lee bandwagon too. Then they have Jamie Chadwell, who's from the state, and from what I'm told, really wants this job. Uh, they have Lance Leipold out there from Buffalo, uh, who's got friends in Nashville. And this is, I think, kind of where he wants to live. Uh, Buffalo is a job that uh, <laughs> nobody you know, wants to live in Buffalo. Right, right. And so here's what I'm saying. If you guys told me every reason it's a terrible job, I don't think I'd dispute you on any of those points. But even with that aside, I think the things that I've just said are hard to dispute. And at this point, it seems like a lot of coaches seem to be seeing it that way. It just seems to me that, you know, if you put Will Healy and Clark Lee, you know, on a sheet of paper, I think head coach – you're going to check off with Will, and you're not going to check it off with Clark. And I get all of Clark's ties. I saw Clark when he was a bullpen catcher for the Nashville Sounds while he was at NBA. I mean, I, I know his story. I get it. I, I I just think that if being an offensive-minded guy, as Candace Lee said over the weekend, is a big deal, and I would think head coaching experience has to be a big deal, and you can look at what Will Healy did at Austin P, what he's doing at Charlotte, and, and Clark just doesn't quite have that yet. And, you know, Will's ties, too. I, I just uh, – one, I was shocked that he's interested, but I get it as I learn more about the situation and what's being said and what's supposedly going on behind closed doors. It, it just seems like to me that he, he strikes me as the no-brainer, tear up the check to the search firm and get it done. And, Mo, you might be right. Um, I'm not going to tell you that you're not, but I will give you the other side of the coin, okay? All these coaches check off a lot of great boxes, but all of them have one that's missing. And and you hear this about Chadwell, too, okay? Mm-hmm. Never worked. Well, although I guess Will, Will has in different roles, but um, Clark Lee has been inside Power 5 programs for a long time. Mm. Um, it's different in terms of recruiting. Um, you know, Clark Lee's at Notre Dame. That's a college football playoff contender and also a school that's got some restrictions. So Clark knows some things about recruiting 
at a place like that too. I'm not saying you're wrong, mm-hmm. but I am saying uh, th- that might be the one gap in Will Healy's armor uh, is that you know Clark Lee might have some things there with knowing what it's like to work at a Power 5 school and specifically knowing what it's like to be inside Vanderbilt uh, that, that, that maybe uh, – and again, that, that's not saying that Will might not be the best candidate, uh, but I think it is something that's worth discussion. Sure, sure, and that makes sense when you say that. Um, we are visiting with Chris Lee from Vanderbilt, uh, com, and um, our resident Vanderbilt fan, Chris, probably has some thoughts on this situation. We're going to throw it to him for a second. Chris, this is JP. Uh, thanks for taking time with us, by the way. Uh, yeah, lifelong fan. But I, I'm curious, you know, hearing all of these accolades with these guys that are extremely interested, how is the interest level from these from these coaches different than what it was the last time Vandy hired uh, Mason? Uh, I, I don't recall a whole lot of great interest like we're seeing now. It could just be that was a long time ago, but what's your recollection of the difference between the two scenarios? Oh, there's a ton of difference. And coaching searches are like drafts, right? You look back at draft and you say, well, so-and-so blew it with taking such-and-such at number six. Well, you know, (laughs) maybe after five options, the options weren't that good, right? And, And you did the best you could. Um, I don't think that the job was that attractive last time, but I go back to what what I said earlier. For whatever reason it is, and I think there's there's immense elements of luck in this, right? Will Healy wasn't around um, with the record that he had seven years ago. Clark Lee, same thing. Uh, Jamie Chadwell, same thing. So now you have a pool of guys that, that weren't around. Um, here's another thing you have. Um, Nashville is perceived, I think, differently than it was seven years ago. I, I say this all the time, but when I go when I go to different parts of the country a decade ago, I would say, uh, you know, I, people would ask you where you're from, and you'd say Nashville, and you would get a honky-talk joke. You don't get that now. You, you get that's a cool place, or I'd like to visit, or my nephew lives there and loves it. It's always positive, and I, I think that there's a lot of elements of this right now that even though Vanderbilt has done just about everything wrong, in the last seven years with regards to football, it's still in pretty good standing uh, based on things that, <laughs> that it has no control over. So it, it's just a, it's a crazy dynamic of this. I just think for whatever reason, and it has nothing to do with what they've done, the pool of candidates I think is a lot better this time around. Chris, you had brought up the attractiveness uh, of the city, but also maybe the lack of pressure to win at all costs at Vanderbilt compared to their uh, conference counterparts. How much uh, do you think uh, the decision of this is to find somebody that kind of fits into that mold that might be more willing to stay longer than, say, somebody like a James Franklin who had a pie-in-the-sky type of job uh, if they could do something well? How much do you think that plays into this decision? That's hard for me to say because I'm not on the committee. Um, I think that you find the best coach you can get. Now, if you've got good reason to think that he might leave and you're choosing between him and another option, they're basically the same. You, you might go with the guy that you think is the best, but I, I'm, or that, that you think, you know, is maybe not going to leave is what I'm trying to say if they're the same. 
But I, th- I think you got to pick the best candidate. I mean, James Franklin raised the profile of Vanderbilt football tremendously, even though he left after three years. Um, let's say you've got a guy that's going to do that. And by the way, I don't think Will Healy is that kind of guy. I think that's an argument in most favor for Will Healy is that if he succeeds here, I think this is what he wants. And I think that's that's something that's worth considering. But I think for the most part, you've got to hire the guy that you think is the best for the job. Because even if you have a vacancy a few years from now, he's just made it better. Yeah, Chris, this is Chris Yao. And, and I'm, yeah, I know. <laughs> I hear exactly what you're saying, and that was kind of what I was going to get at is that, you know, Will Healy's a guy who did take Austin P from absolute nothing in an in a, a very good football conference that includes Eastern Kentucky, SEMO, Jacksonville State, et cetera, and made them a a power in, in the OVC. In a very short period of in time. In two years. I mean, they, they won eight games quick. And so – that has to be a positive for him is that he's taken a program from nothing to relevance quickly and you don't think he's going to leave. I mean, it, it just seems to me that Will Healy checks all the boxes. Well, except the one that, that Chris, Chris pointed Other out with regard the to five. the power five situation. But and, see, and I get that. But that's, if you have, if you, if you're missing one box, mm-hmm. that's the box you want to be missing because it's easy to get, uh, to get assistant coaches to the sec. Here's the mistake. I think a lot of us make sometimes. I, I don't think there's such thing as a can't miss candidate. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> And, and look, Nick Saban in the NFL would be a good example of that, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and Nick Saban is best football coach on the planet, probably, but it didn't work there. And, and, and I don't want to, you know. Well, maybe let's let's not go there the because yeah, yeah, he was he was five hundred with the Dolphins, so that's not right. Bad. Right, but here's what I'm here's what I'm saying. Like I, I thought that when they hired Bryce Drew, I mm. thought that's a home run because and one thing I look at is conference record, right? Because you're ultimately competing against other teams in your conference and. For, for the most part, resources across things, I mean, unless you're maybe Gonzaga, right? But for the most part, a, a lot of things are competitive with your own conference. That's when you, why you're in that league. And I like to look at record within a league. And I looked at Bryce's, and I just thought, man, look what he's done. Um, he's recruited well. He's going to recruit well here. Um, and, and then you watch it up close, and you're just like, oh, my goodness. Um, there's some There's some major – gaps in things that you don't see till you see it up day up, up and close. And, um, you know, I, I think one reason I might've told you this off air, Mo, it's hard for me to know who the right guy is for the job because sometimes there are cracks in the armor that you don't see till you look really close. And that's why it's really hard for me to say who's the best guy for this job. Uh, until you start looking really close at those things. And, and I'll just be honest. From where I sit, I think he was a good candidate. I think Clark Lee's a good candidate. I think Jamie Chadwell's a good candidate. Uh, I think Lance Leipold is a good candidate. I mean, I think there's a lot of guys out there that are good candidates, and it's really hard from where I sit without the microscope that you would hope a search committee would have uh, to be able to tell you which one of those guys is right. But basically what you're saying is that Will Healy is – we're not hiring Will Healy tomorrow – not because he's not a good candidate, but because there are too many good candidates to just throw out. Yeah, that that's what I that's think. Wild. If, if you said Will Healy <laughs> is their guy, 
I, I would tell you, hey, they, they probably made a really good hire and, and a better hire than I would have thought they could have made two years ago. Right. <laughs> but but I think this job has got a lot of guys. And again, you, you can find flaws with all of them if you look hard enough. But from, from where I sit, in spite of everything that's happened, I think they've got several guys um, who, from what I know, I could make an argument for four or five guys who would want the job um, and give you a case as to why it might work for all those. And I just think it's, frankly, it's incredible um, given the last seven years and how little the schools put into the program. But, but I think that's where they are. Chris, this is JP again. I have one more question. I I was just thinking about this. How attractive uh, or the reputation of the current administration at Vanderbilt do you think is helpful or hurtful to potential candidates that may be interested in terms of uh, as part of the difference? Well, it can't help them, and and we could spend an hour talking about that. And I won't. And and if you're People in your audience, um, you know, unless there's someone driving down the road out there from Seattle, they all, they know all the reasons they can tell you because they've heard them. But, um, you know, the, the difference is, and I think this is going to help them, the, the chancellor from everything I hear really, really, really wants to win. And, and he is very serious about football. Uh, this is what I've had multiple people at different levels tell me. And, again, I go by what people tell me. Uh, when people don't have to give a canned response for PR, I, I go by what is said and what is done privately. And every single thing that I hear is that Daniel Deermeyer is embarrassed about the way uh, football has gone and its success recently, and would like to be them very uh, liked him to be a very good program and to win some games. Uh, he doesn't he doesn't have any interest in leaving the SEC, from what I'm told. And so I think that's the difference when you've got a guy from the top down that is unwavering in that stance, that's the thing that gives you a chance that they have not had since Corby left. Bottom line, the Vanderbilt football situation is a way better situation than any of us anticipated. And um, Chris Lee, publisher of VandySports.com, thanks for sharing that information with us. And we will certainly be keeping an eye on this as it continues to progress. Oh, yeah, there's no doubt. You bet. Thanks for having me. Hey, that was Chris Lee with Vandy Sports um, speaking with us here on Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint. When we come back, it's Wild and Wacky Wednesday. Stay with us. When we're out covering sports in and around Murray County, communication between Maurice and I is absolutely vital to our success. When your business needs top-notch communication and local service, Covenant Technology is there, and they are dedicated to helping your business succeed by ensuring open lines of communication to your clients and customers. Contact them today at 615-846-9898 or visit covenanttechnology.net. If you've listened to this show, you know Chris and I are always down for a good meal. Recently, we learned about Patio West in Spring Hill and what a pleasure it has been. Their menu is full of seafood, burgers, and more, giving every member of your family something to enjoy. Be sure to go by Patio West Coastal and Comfort Eats located at 3011 Longford Drive in Spring Hill or visit patiowest.com and tell them the guys at Southern Middle Tennessee Sports sent you.
Welcome back in to Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. It's Wild & Wacky Wednesday, and we are going to get right to it. Wild & Wacky Wednesday is brought to you each and every Wednesday by our friends at JJ's Barbecue, located at 908 Hatcher Lane in Columbia. Since 1998, JJ's is the oldest family-owned barbecue restaurant in Mule Town. Make sure to visit them again jjsbarbecue.com that's barbecue spelled out with a c barbecue jjsbarbecue.com order online go get a mule kicker loaded tater loaded tater soup all kinds of good stuff can't beat it sounds like lunch yeah it always sounds like lunch but here's some wild and wacky news for you guys I, okay look i am a i have some southern heritage <laughs> Okay. <laughs> okay. I have I have sat on a milk carton in the back of my grandparents' van as we drove to the grocery store. I've put folding lawn chairs in my living room as furniture. You know where I've Check. never used a folding lawn chair? Where's that? As my driver's seat in my van. Oh, driver's seat. Yeah. Police in Ontario, Canada <laughs> shared a photo of a vehicle that was pulled over and impounded when the driver was found to be sitting on a folding lawn chair. They pulled him over because something seemed off about the vehicle's driver's seat. Uh, the fact that they could see it is pretty impressive. <laughs> but uh, apparently what was off was that the driver's seat wasn't there. And he had used a folding lawn chair as a driver's seat. And they uh, they towed the car. The driver was summoned to court for unsafe vehicle and seatbelt inoperative road safety. So, yeah. Anyway. Just Some, thought that was something's not quite right. <laughs> <laughs> I just I had to share that one because that, that was a weird one. Um, if you guys could put something in a time capsule right now, what would you put into a time oh, capsule? Goodness. Oh goodness! Well, you come up with these deep questions on the spur of the moment. I, I mean, just something one thing. that I currently own. Yeah, that you have that you would put into a time capsule. That if someone three hundred years from now found it, they would be like, "Oh my gosh, that's ancient." Probably, I, I, my head's going to a picture of my family and, and dogs. I've got... I don't know. I've got copies of my old high school student newspaper that was typewritten and ran off in the school office and distributed. Um, you know, in this age of internet and, and everything else, that's pretty primitive, you know. It'd be kind of cool to say this is how a student newspaper at the high school level was run back in the 80s. I would probably put something that's like more modern because if someone found it 300 years from now, they would still say, man, that's ancient. Oh, yeah. But like if you think about it like a USB drive or something. like That they would have no idea what it was or how to use it. Yeah, Right, it's like a Polaroid camera, right? So. Crews working to restore a historical landmark in New York State discovered a century-old time capsule containing four rare coins and two letters from men who worked on a previous restoration project. The Roslyn Landmark Society said workers restoring the Roslyn Gristmill, built in the 1700s, discovered the time capsule buried in the concrete floor that was installed during the 1917 restoration project. So the half-pint milk bottle contained four rare coins, an 1863 Civil War money piece, an 1863 Haitian cent Send time, an 1881 Indian head penny and a 1905 Indian head penny. 
The bottle also contained two letters, one written in English and the other in Italian. That's pretty cool. Because that's what you, I mean, that, that's what they did in 1917. In a half right? pint milk bottle. That's right. I think that's the biggest oddity of the whole bunch is a half pint milk bottle. That's right. All right, one more just before we get out of here. A guy in Pennsylvania stole an SUV on Friday. Then he ran out of gas. Mm. Did he call AAA? No. Call the police? Call? Yeah, of course he called the police. Are you kidding me? This is Wild and Wacky Wednesday. There you go. Of course he called the police. What an idiot. He was charged with one felony count of receiving stolen property. He did not get charged with GTA stupid. or Grand Theft Auto. He only, he said, not my, I was just standing here, ran out of gas. Oh, he just received it. I didn't steal it. I did, My friend gave it to me. It's genius. <laughs> Wild and wacky Wednesday. Better than the Vols linebacker who clearly didn't say the right things. We won't get into that. No, let's not. All right. It is Wednesday. It is hump day, and we are going to get out of here. Tomorrow, we're going to talk a lot more Blue Cross Bowl. We're going to give you some updates on high school sports, and, of course, we'll probably talk about the uh, the football game that's supposed to happen this afternoon. So we'll see if that happens. Right. Good luck to us. And really excited about it. So, again, this is Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, and we're presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint for producer J.P. Plant and my co-host, Maurice Patton. I'm Chris Yao. We hope you guys have a great day, and stay cool, Columbia. I'm Maurice Patton, joined by Chris Yao. We are Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, and we are coming to you live weekdays from 9 to 11 a.m. with the most in-depth coverage of local high school sports and more. High school sports is what we do, but it's not all we do. That's right. If you want to hear our takes on the Titans, college football, local college sports, and anything else involving pop culture on Top 5 Tuesday or Wild and Wacky Wednesday, this is your spot. Again, it's Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today from 9 to 11 weekdays on 101.7 FM WKOM. The playoffs live on TriStar Sports Radio. He's got some open field. Brandon McKean, 50, 40, 30, gone, baby. 20. No one is going to catch him. Pierce has got a lane, 40, 35, cuts back yes. in. Come on, baby. And it's a touchdown from Destin Wade to Brady Pierce. The road to Cookville ends Friday night. Summit, Oak Ridge on TriStar Sports Radio.